This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. We're looking forward to getting Rory out for his first winter adventures. We're super excited that we recently got Ella's wool to keep him warm this winter. The merino wool is super warm, moisture wicking, and I feel really confident that he's going to be super warm and dry this winter on all of our adventures. If you want to try out Ella's wool, you can use the code HIKINGTHROUGHLIFE2020 to get 10% off your order. That's HIKINGTHROUGHLIFE2020. You can go over to ellaswool.com to look for their super cute outfits. They have onesies, they have tubes, they have hats, they have all the wool products you need to keep your baby warm. Check them out. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up Hiking Through Life. This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories. We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast, head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us. If you'd like to support Hiking Through Life, you can go to hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. We have t-shirts, water bottles, and we recently added stickers to the shop. Use the code podcast at checkout and receive 10% off your first order. There are other ways you can support this podcast as well. You can check those out at hikingthroughlife.net slash support. Also, be sure to sign up for our email list. You can do that by heading over to hikingthroughlife.net. Enter your email address and click subscribe. There's no commitment. You can unsubscribe at any time. As part of our email list, you'll receive our monthly newsletter. We'll also be sending out any promotional codes for Hiking Through Life gear. It's an excellent way to follow Hiking Through Life's journey. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Today we have Emery Wagner on the podcast. He is an experienced outdoors person who loves backpacking and hunting. His passion for backpacking began in 2014 and it has evolved ever since. Not only is he passionate about the outdoors, but he is the father of two young girls and has brought that into the family's lifestyle. Emery has a YouTube channel and a podcast called Emery by Land, where he shares tips, stories, and insights about all things backpacking, hunting, and family related. Welcome to the podcast, Emery. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm super stoked to have you here. So did you do you know that when you Google your name, like a, a, a US Navy person comes up at first? I did not. Yeah, there's his name is Emery Wagner or Emery Land. Oh, that's funny. You yeah, funny is I actually uh, I bumped a guy hit me up on Instagram recently and was like, my last name is Byland, and I was like, no way, <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah, so yeah, small world. Everyone's got some interesting last names. 
Yeah. Yeah. But that's like the first thing in the Google search. I'm okay. land. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into the outdoors? It sounds like backpacking started in 2014. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say that I was always into the outdoors, but I don't think that I was never into backpacking. Uh, I think my intro into the outdoors was through hunting. Like I, I guess as like a, a young boy, like preteen, I just wanted my dad to take me hunting. And then he did. And then it was really just, I wouldn't even say that when I was a kid, I was hiking, but really my, my backpacking and outdoors thing really kicked off when I came home from the military and I wanted something to do and I wanted to get back into hunting. And then really backpacking started for me because of hunting. And I wanted, I wanted to just experience a more wild situation rather than dealing with crowds. And it was a way for me to get further into the backcountry, And then it was just slippery slope from there. I went <laughs> headlong into it. So like hunting has kind of always been part of your life is what I'm hearing. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's funny. I, it, it has been a, it's been a, it's been the doorway, I would say. It's something that I enjoy doing. It is not something that I don't, I don't, wouldn't say that it defines me. Like when you meet, let's say like a through hiker, they're like, I'm a through hiker and that's what I do. Or you meet like hunters that sometimes they're really dedicated and that's what they eat, sleep and breathe hunting. It's an activity for me to do in the fall that is so unique in contrast to everything else that I do that it's just something I look forward to every every year. Like I just enjoy the immersiveness of hunting and it's been, a, it's allowed me to, to be comfortable doing a lot of other things. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And that's like what I loved so much about your podcast and your YouTube channel and like your website, just because like, I'm not into hunting at all, but mm -hmm. you integrate the backpacking part of it into the hunting so much and you integrate the family into it so much that, and like on your YouTube channel, you talk about like the struggles you go through and how like you mm. missed your family when you were out there hunting. So that just like really appealed to me. So I think you probably bring in a whole audience that doesn't even like hunting because I'm one yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> or not well, that I don't it, like hunting. I've just never done it. Yeah. And so when I started by land, okay. I would have to go back into, I've always been like this. I am not one thing. You can never pin me down, but you'll always get the original me. Like when I was in high school, I, I played sports and I was in choir and I did some acting stuff just because it was fun. Like, because I like to do it. And those are three different crowds. And I was friends with everyone in high school, but I, they could never pin me down. Like you need to be part of this club and that's what you need to do. And I think that's kind of followed me all through my adulthood. And when it comes to the outdoors, I'm the same exact way. Like I enjoy hunting. I enjoy the idea of through hiking and I hiked the PCT, but I also really enjoy just going out for the weekend. And I think that I can be all of these things. I don't have to be just one type of outdoorsman, you know, I can be all these things and I can get along with everybody. And the whole idea, one of the original ideas of by land was to build the bridges between those communities, especially like backpackers and the, the non hunter. Cause it, it, there's always, if you've ever bumped into a hunter at a trailhead, it's always like awkward. 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah, like they're like <laughs> totally different people than backpackers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like I've been on both sides of the fence, right? I've been that hunter that's like, oh, awkward. I'm going to go into the trees, the same trailhead as you and I, you were going to be doing in the same area. <laughs> like, this is awkward. And I've also been the, the backpacker that looks like a hippie on the PCT that bumps into some bear hunters in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> like, it's really, it's an interesting uh, blend, I guess. Yeah. And like, that's what's so cool about just like what you're doing. You bring all those backgrounds and views into it. Well, I'm glad that it comes away that it comes across that way, because that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, that's totally the feel I got. Um, I mean, and like, what made you want to even dive into making a podcast out of it, making a website out of it, making a YouTube channel out of it? I mean, because you did the PCT and that's what really like started your backpacking experience. Yeah, that's what really committed me to, <laughs> to it. Uh, okay, so this, the website started first. That's what came first. And it was a way for me... I'm a very creative person. I need a creative outlet. And at the time of my life, like, I think I, I want to say that I started my website in 2015 and I just wanted a way to document what I was doing and share with people the things that I've learned and just put it out there because I swear this is probably the same old story, but at the time that I was doing it, I just didn't feel like anyone was being really honest about it. Like, they were about all backpacking. Yeah. Just like the struggles and the suck fast factor of like screwing up. Everyone had this romantic, they were all like romantic images of backpacking. And I was like, dude, it is not romantic all the time. Like it sucks sometimes. And here's why. And here's the things that I'm doing to fix it. And my hope was that someone somewhere could learn. And if they didn't learn, at least it is a way for me to journal my life in the chapter of my life, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even just journaling that for your own self and being able to look back on that yeah. is one of the coolest things, I think. Yeah. And then the, you know, the, the podcast came after the PCT. Um, anytime you do a really long expedition like that, you just, I, I describe it as seeing in color again, and your just mind is going off in all these different directions. And you're just, if you're a creative person, you get ultra creative. And I, I had a list of things that I wanted to, to do after the PCT. And I was like, I'm doing a podcast. And I think I headed up and going within a, a month or so after I came back and I had no idea what I was doing. And it was kind of a way to me, for me to continue that journey and then meet other people from all walks of life that have a very common bond. And that is like backpacking. Right. Yeah. I, that's the coolest thing. Like, I love that so much about podcasting, being able to everybody yeah at the end of the day it is like the outdoors or backpacking or something that connects all these people through a podcast like this mm -hmm. and it's just hearing those stories and diving into yeah. them which is awesome yeah so like the umbrella has always been backpacking but it allows me to go into a bunch of different directions and you know whether it's conservation or river rafting or you know these different things these people we all have it in common and i'm like by land the name by land was chosen because that's what we, we also share that in, in, in common, like we're using the landscape and having like a little adventure together, like individually, but together. And we use the land to, to do that. So yeah, 
I just, it gets me all fired up just, just talking about it. Yeah, totally. You can feel your passion. That's awesome. <laughs> so when you hiked the AT, were you married at that time? Hiked the PCT. Or, yeah, no, PCT. I was not married. I was, I had pr- proposed to my fiance like a couple months before I hiked. We, I wasn't supposed to be engaged when I hiked the PCT, but then we met in October. And then I was like, oh, this is awesome. We should probably just get married. And then we got married. I proposed um, right before I left. And then we got married right after I got back. So I was just engaged on the PCT. So how was that? Was that hard to be gone from her for that long? Oh, it's terrible. But it was, uh, so for episode 100, I actually did an episode with her. And because I felt that no one often talks about the relationships that you, the dynamic of a relationship when one person's on a trail and one person's not. And she'll tell you that sometimes she feels bad that um, maybe she kept me from doing, from like pushing myself or doing like going back to the trail. Cause I had to go through this. I had to go around the Sierra and I never went back. There's certain things about my journey that didn't pan out. And she thinks that sometimes it's because of her, but I would tell you that without her, my journey wouldn't have been the same. Like it was the most beautiful struggle to know that someone loves you and is in, and is in your corner no matter what and deserves to see you finish as much as you do. But like is in so much pain that you're gone, you know, it's this really strange contrast. Um, but I, I, I tell her anytime she tries to convince me that, you know, maybe I would have, I would have had a better time without having her at home. I'm like, yeah, but you know, you hiked with me for many miles on the phone. There was one time specifically that I just had a bad day. I had a really bad afternoon. I was physically tired. I was cold and I was headed to camp and I think I was like a mile away and I just called her, I had service. And I was like, I just need you to hike with me. Just talk to me. And so she hiked with me, you know, on the phone for 20 minutes or so. And I was like, Hey, I just got to camp. Okay. I'm going to do this thing. So like, how can you put a, I don't know. That's invaluable to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can relate to that on a very, very small level because my husband went and through hiked only for, 25 days okay. and like I was you know supporting him from home and because he like really wanted to go do this through hike of the superior hiking trail here in Minnesota so he went and did that but yeah it's like he's doing something he really loves and really had a passion to go do mm-hmm. um and yeah I mean I'm sure that your wife totally missed you or at the time fiance like she wanted you she wanted to push you to go do it like she wanted you to live your dream yeah and she did. And she was so, she, she struck such a great balance of telling me how it really was, but being encouraging. And that's exactly what I needed at the time. Like, cause you know, you want to quit like all the time, but she wouldn't, she never was like, okay, just come home. She would fight for me because she knew it was good for me, you know? So yeah, I don't know. It was really awesome. It was a, it was an awesome experience and actually brought us together and the final moment. Sometimes I get choked up thinking about it, but um, everything works out. She hiked like she met me in Canada and walked, finally couldn't take it enough. And we were supposed to meet at one o'clock in the afternoon. 
And she was at the trailhead in Manning Park and got tired of waiting. So she hiked down the trail half a mile and that's where we met. And it was just us. And it was like, yeah, I could get choked up just thinking about it. It was incredibly powerful. Yeah, I can bet so. So you get back from the trail and then you guys get married. And then when did the kiddos come into the picture? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, right away, essentially. What's funny about that is I had been, my last couple of nights on the PCT, I was all alone and it was perfect. And I was like, we should just have kids. Like our relationship moved so fast, but when you know, you know, and it was perfect. And I was like, we should, so I remember getting in the car. I think I, I think I waited a day, but we were driving South on I-5 and I was like, I think we should just have kids. If we want kids, we should just have kids. Like if that's what we want, we should just do it. And she's like, okay. And I was like, and then, you know, a few hours went by and I was like, well, let's, we were getting married in like a month. And I was like, we can just wait until after the marriage. Like we can probably just not, you know, we can just wait until we're done. And I mean, but we were so jazzed up about it. And then, um, yeah, she was pregnant in December and Lenny was born in September. What's the name of the baby? Or the uh, Le- Lenny was the first one. Okay. So, and then yeah. she's not a baby anymore. She looks like she's like a toddler. <laughs> yeah. She's a little over two years old. Yeah. Okay. And you, is your other one a newborn? Yeah, she's um, just over. So she's she'll be almost. She's almost uh, three months. So she was born in August of this last year. Oh, we just had a baby in October. Oh wow! So, wow, yeah. newborn. Yeah. Whoa, how's it going? It it was an adjustment because that was our first. So yeah, it was a big adjustment, but we we got it, it going good now. Yeah, we got it figured out. We went on our oh, first camping trip last week. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, that's so special. Yeah, we learned a lot. It was a car camping trip, but um, we definitely want to go backpacking with, yeah. with our baby next summer. Yeah, heck yeah, you can do it. I mean, there's no reason you can't. Yeah, yeah. And like watching videos like yours are just reminders and inspiration that it it's totally possible. Yeah, I needed it. I, I remember when, I, when we got pregnant, people were like, say goodbye to your adventures. And, you know, it was just all this negative energy about what what I couldn't do with them. And I was like, screw that. Like, I'm not going to let someone else define what I can and can't do with my family. And uh, I just started immersing myself with a bunch of interviewing people that had families in the outdoors. And I was like, there's no reason why we can't do this. And it helps that my wife's on the same page. And she's like, yeah, that's important. Like she grew up in a camping family, not so much backpacking, but like they always went camping and it was really important to her. And I was like, cool, it's important to both of us let's just make it happen. Yeah. And that's where I found you when you were interviewing um, the family Ellie on the AT. Yeah. That was the first. Yeah. They're so awesome. Yeah. That was, I mean, they went on the AT for hiked the entire AT with she turned one on the AT. Yeah. Yeah. She learned how to walk on the trail. If I recall. That's so cool. It has so many crazy benefits because walking on the trail is so uneven terrain and you're just yeah Yeah. it's so good for you so what what have you learned backpacking with with your kids oh man to put expectations in check um I think expectations can really uh, sometimes they can hinder an experience and I my wife and I go into every every time we leave the house uh 
and specifically with the outdoors in mind, we just go and we figure it out as we go. And if the kids are, if Lenny's not having it, cause we haven't, done, we haven't really gone anywhere yet with Zoe, but um, with Lenny, man, if she's not having a good time or if we drive, sometimes we drive an hour to hike 10 minutes and then we turn back around because she's cold or we're cold or it's just not a good situation. So what? Like we drive an hour to go hike for 10 minutes and then we go back to the truck. Like it's not the end of the world. What's the expectation? Then I, I always try to try to remind ourselves that the expectation is that we're exposing our child to nature in the world outside of our house. We meet that, we, we met that expectation and we were lucky enough to hike to actually do an overnight backpacking trip with her three miles in three miles out. It worked. I mean, but if we would have gone a mile in and the situation wasn't going to pan out, I would have been more than happy to turn around and be like, we'll try it another day. So I think for me with the kids so far, it's just been like, cool, this is the goal, but really the goal is just to be outside with them and show them and get them used to that and get it climatized to, to nature and and then go from there and, and hope for the best. But sometimes it doesn't work out and that's totally fine. You got the whole life ahead of you. Yeah. And I mean, was that hard for you to like come to terms with at first? Because I was watching your, you did like a podcast and a YouTube video about your backpacking styles. So I'm guessing like your backpacking style on the yeah. AT was like way different than backpacking style with family. Yeah. You totally have to, you have to be smart enough to adjust your style. Um, I don't, I can't expect there's, I like, I like big miles. I enjoy them, but that's not everything there is. I also am learning to enjoy really relaxing weekends, um, with not a whole lot going on. So it's, it's strange. It was, I remember having to make a switch to myself and be like, cool, what is the style that we're doing right now? I cannot expect to cover 10 miles or 15 miles or 20 miles with a family. So that's why we, we aimed for three, you know, for our backpacking trip, we aimed for three miles. My wife carried Lenny. I carried all the camp stuff. And to be honest, we got to where we were going to camp and there was like one more mile to go, but it was going to be up a, a hill and we were going to be away from water. So we were going to have to carry water up there. And I really wanted to go up there because it's, I call it big sunset because there's like just the sunset never fails. It just goes on and on and on. And my wife was like, I think we can do it. And I was like, I think we can do it next time. Like, this is, this is okay for now. Like, this is our first time doing this thing. Next time we'll go somewhere where water's not around the corner. So yeah, I like to temper the, temper the style down a little bit and like adjust and then just kind of go for it. But yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a mindset adjustment for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, can you talk more about like the different types of backpacking styles and then talk about your, it looks like you offer a course for backpacking beginners as well. Yeah. So the whole thing kicks off with like, what's your backpacking style? Because I think a lot of people struggle with what they enjoy or what they think they might enjoy. And they end up, they sometimes it works out great and sometimes it doesn't. Let's say you go backpacking with a friend that covers really big miles. Well, what if you hate big miles and now you hate backpacking because they like to cover big miles and go up mountains? What if you're the type of person that likes to go backpacking two or three miles, which is that's backpacking. That's totally fine. You put a back back on and you, you live out of it for a night. 
What if you like to just go camp by a stream or a lake? Those are two different skill sets or those are two different styles. Or maybe you want to go backpack hunting or maybe, you know, there's all, there's a whole litany of different styles. And one of the things I go through in that course right up front is defining your backpacking style. And the reason why I built the course is because I think a lot of people want to learn how to backpack, but they don't often have someone to mentor them through the process of backpacking. It can be a struggle. I know for me, the reason why um, I got into backpacking is because I wanted to go have an adventure, but I didn't have anyone to teach me. So I had to learn on my own and I screwed up a lot. So really the course is full of all the information that you'll eventually learn after a few years of trial and error. And my idea was like, here, you can just learn it up front, <laughs> save yourself the pain and the frustration. And then you have access to me to, to, uh, to kind of help you answer questions and inventory along the way. So um, as far as backpacking styles, man, I think it's all over the place. I mean, look at YouTube, look at Instagram. Um, my advice to anyone just starting out is like, what do you think about? Like when you think about a backpacking adventure, when you think about that stuff, what do you see? Do you see like mountains? Do you see a desert? Do you see a lake? Do you see an ocean? Like go after that stuff. And we were talking earlier before we, you know, before the show about snow camping. There's a whole culture of snow campers that are crazy to me that I haven't cracked into yet, Yeah, but they love it. Sure. And there's a whole different set of gear that goes along with it. And like I said, I've been, I've, camped in the snow. I'm not an expert by any means, but if I were going to go in that direction, then I would buy gear associated with snow camping because it'll make me far more comfortable. So starting somewhere, defining a backpacking style that you're going after, and then revisiting that style to make sure that you're still on track with your enjoyment levels <laughs> um, is really key. Yeah, for sure. It's like learning as you go. And I mean, you said you made like a ton of mistakes on yeah. your first trip. I mean, what was like one of your biggest mistakes you made on your first backpacking journey? Body management, um, food management. Like too much food, too much weight. <laughs> no, um, the whole, I'm telling you the whole thing. I screwed up the whole, I didn't manage my body. Um, I hiked. So my first, I would, I will say my first real backpack, what I'm going to consider my first real backpacking trip was a 30 mile trail around Mount St. Helens. And I did it in two days with a guy and I wanted to just throw my backpack off a cliff. And by the time I was done, I was like, I'm not doing this ever again. This is stupid. I'm going to sell all of my gear and I'm just going to like learn how to draw or something like this is not cool. And what I, what I've realized since is that I had the gear, I had the right gear. There's nothing wrong with it. I could have tweaked a couple of things, but I survived. Right. I didn't manage the trail. I didn't manage my body. I didn't manage my food intake. I wasn't stopping for breaks. I was going at the pace of the guy that I was going with, who was like a mountain goat. Um, and he was in shape, ready to go. Uh, he, he's the type of person not to take breaks. So I wasn't taking breaks and I wasn't feeding my body and I wasn't drinking water. And this was your first trip ever. Yeah, this was my first trip. Uh, my first real like when I say real backpacking trip, I mean, like I was 15 miles from the truck on the first day being like, I don't know how I'm going to make it 15 more miles. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. And I, I just didn't manage myself very well. And I didn't know how to manage the pain. I didn't know how to manage my feet. I didn't know the little ins and outs of little tricks you can do. I didn't know what was happening to my body. I had, you know, at like 10 miles, my body just started shutting down because I wasn't eating and I wasn't feeding it. 
I wasn't treating myself well. And by the time I got to camp five miles later, I was just shutting down. I was getting the shakes. I couldn't, I wasn't hungry. I just crawled in. I pitched my tent, crawled in and like took an hour long nap. And I came out and I was able to scarf down some food. And then I basically just painfully walked the next 15 miles the following day. And my body again was shutting down on itself just because I put it in such a bad state the first day. Um, And it really just comes down to managing my body. And so fast forward you know, the PCT and you learn, you learn how to manage your body. And then the following year, I wanted to prove to myself, and this is so silly, but I wanted to prove to prove to myself that I could do that trail in two days and not hate my life. I needed to go back. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I had, a, I needed to show myself, yeah, I'd hike the PCT. Sure. But this trail had one over on me and I needed to prove to myself that I'd learned enough I wanted to prove to myself that I'd learned, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. That makes a lot of sense. And, and like, that's definitely like a certain type of backpacking style mindset, I feel. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was really cool. It was like, I think that was stuff like that's very rewarding. Now, do I want to continue doing a two-day trip around the trail or I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then backpacking hunting. I mean, that's like a whole other aspect too. What types of things are there to consider when backpack hunting versus just regular backpacking? I mean, all the gear in itself, I feel like is so heavy. That's the problem. It's all heavy. There's no way around it. Um, You know, backpack hunting, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the idea of backpack hunting is that you're, you're hunting out of your backpack. So let, you don't have to go a million miles, but let's say you go two or three miles into the backcountry because anything you end up harvesting out there, you have to carry out. So <laughs> if you go 15 miles, you got 15 miles to carry meat, right? So you have to take that into account. But the idea is that you're going in hunting out of your backpack. And so that being said, you need a certain set of gear. You need gear to be able to haul all that weight. So standard off the shelf backpacks from like REI or like through hiking backpacks. Those really aren't rated for very much weight. Um, maybe 40 pounds, 45 pounds. You might find like an Osprey pack might be able to hold five, 45 pounds comfortably. These packs are rated, you know, you can toss a hundred, 115 pounds in them. And if you can carry it, they can carry it. And it's all about the structure of the pack and how it's created it's, it's a load bearing backpack, um, built for that. So you go in, you hike five miles in, you hunt, you harvest something. Now you need to be able to clean the meat. You need to be able to, (laughs) you have to pull the meat off the animal and do that whole thing. So there's, there's a weapon. There's, um, the backpack weighs probably three or four pounds heavier than what a normal one would. There's they call it a kill kit. So knives and game bags, and then you have all your backpacking stuff. So, and normally um, hunting season is in the fall uh, in, in mountainous regions, you know, so you're dealing with a lot of weather, you're, you're up in the night, you're, you're, you're just in it all. So you're kind of, it's this whole big ball of wax that you have to navigate and have all these different skills and you're off trail. So there's, it's a whole world of adventure that you can dive into um, and there's a different set of a gear for that. So to the point of like different styles, I mean, that style of backpacking, hunting, the hunting style of backpacking requires a certain set of gear. 
Yeah. Yeah. And would you recommend that people go out backpacking before they just like dive into backpack hunting? Um, I don't know. I mean, you could really, I guess it depends. I've met people that have never backpacked and they, but they've hunted and they decide to get into backpack hunting. And I've also met people that have spent their entire life uh, backpacking, but never even considered hunting until they were like, you mean I can do that too? So they go at it from both ways. I think that um, it's probably a warm up type of situation. If you're unfamiliar with hunting and backpacking are two separate skill sets that require their own individual attention. My advice would be to get the backpacking skills down because it alleviates your problems hunting. Your, your mind has to be in the game for hunting. And if it's a, if it's distracted by dealing with the turmoil of gear problems and in figuring out, you know, your sleeping situation, if you don't know what you're doing there, then you're not going to be hunting effectively. Yeah. That makes sense because like, right. If you're totally focused on gathering water or cooking your food, like the basic, (laughs) basic skills. (laughs) Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So you have to marry the two things, you know, for example, a lot of people, they'll find themselves backpack hunting into a spot that has no water, but they're back there for a number of days. And you're like, right. The animals might not need the water. They can travel. They can get water from bushes. You can't. So you have to find like, now you're in a very bad situation with dehydration. You know what I'm saying? So you have to take both skill sets, put them together and overlay them and be like, cool, I can hunt this area because it has all the backpacking resources I need, you know? Yeah. And like, these are things I wouldn't even think of because like, yeah, if I'm backpacking and need water, it's no big deal to go walk like half a mile down to a Creek and get water. But I suppose if you're hunting, you want to like constantly be there looking for your hunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, hunting happens, not a lot of times, but you know, Western hunting, uh, people go up in the mountains. Well, (laughs) the mountains might have springs, but most of the water's down below, right? So you go up high to find animals, you might find them, but you're not going to find any water. So you have to plan accordingly. And this is like some, you know, planning is another thing that I bring up in the course as well. Um, You know, planning out your backpacking trips to make sure you have the right resources when you arrive. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, all that water weight, but I suppose you like drink all your water when you're up there or a good amount of it. So then if you do harvest something, luckily you have not as much weight. (laughs) Welcome to the problem solving. (laughs) <laughs> like it's you have to be very weight conscious and every ounce counts. I think in no matter what situation you're in, every ounce is very important. Um, and I think the, I wouldn't say, you know, everyone tries to split hairs over counting ounces, but I think it's generally understood that a lighter pack feels better. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I just make, I make every effort to make my pack comfortable And what are you typically hunting? I go for deer and elk myself. And one time you were like that YouTube video thing, weren't you out on a bear hunt? And Uh, that's when you like really missed your family. I did. Yeah. So, um, I've, I'd never been into bear hunting. Um, it was always deer and elk and bear was like one of those species that I'm like, I don't really have a reason. Like I just wasn't sure about it. Not from a, it's a bear standpoint, but I'm very conscious about why I hunt. Um, I have a high amount of respect for the animals um, in general. And I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't hunting just to hunt. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was conscious of what I was doing. So I wanted to have the experience of, of bear hunting. So I went in a couple of years ago. It was the, it was the, the year Lenny was born. Um, or no, yeah, it was within a year of Lenny being born. I think she was turning about to turn one. So it was August and she was going to turn one in September. And I had this spot that I want to go bear hunting at. And so I backpacked in, sat down, and the whole bottom fell out on me. Like I just was looking around, beautiful sunset, beautiful area. I mean, you could, the weather was perfect. I just wasn't happy. I, I couldn't find the beauty in it. And it sounds sick. It sounds weird, but a lot of hunters that do this stuff, a lot of people, you know, people that have families that have this problem is that when they're alone, they're like, oh man, I just want to be home, you know? So I, you know, I played the game in my head for a while to make sure that what I was thinking was what I was thinking. And I just asked myself if I was having fun and I wasn't having fun. So I, the sun went down and I walked home. Like I just, I texted my wife and I was like, I'll see you late tonight. And I came home and I just, I realized the outdoors was changing for me in that moment. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a really powerful thing to go through and realize because I mean, having a family, having kids, it totally is a life changing event. It shifts your whole perspective on things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has it changed you at all yet? I mean, if it's been over a little over a month for us. And I mean, honestly, we have, <laughs> I haven't been in many situations where it has been able to change me. And I think that's because of COVID. Like I literally have been in my house. <laughs> Welcome to the suck. This is so terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my husband and I are both home a ton. Like I, there hasn't been events or things that I've had to think about and say no to. So yeah, I guess I really haven't had to gone, go through that, but I, it's definitely like, it slowed me down in a way that I didn't think it would. Yeah. And like, there's like messes around my house, but I'm like, you know, all I care about is like my little baby. Like, I don't really care about all these minor mm -hmm. small things that are, that I did care about before having a baby. Yeah. Or had time to even think and about. I would be curious to see what your timeline is on, you know, how it, how it changes your outlook on the outdoors. For me, it was a massive change because I never had anyone to go backpacking with and go hunting with. I could never find the right partner. And so I ended up going alone and I did so much work on myself to be okay alone. And the PCT was like some sort of a coming out party where it was like coming of age party, you know, type of thing where I was like, I did it. I remember my, one of my goals off the PCT was like, I'm going to be comfortable in the dark. I'm going to be comfortable alone. I'm going to beat this thing. Right. So I, I hike the PCT. I, I make it solo hunting and solo, solo backpacking is not a problem to me anymore. I'm not creeped out by it. And then I have a baby and I'm like, well, this, I didn't expect this. Like, I mean, it makes sense that I miss her. But like, what about me, like solo backpacking, solo hunting, like now I'm not going to enjoy it. It's very strange. It's a very strange experience. And so I'd done all this personal work leading up to where I'm at today. And I'm like, maybe back to expectations. Maybe I need to change my expectations for the outdoors. Maybe Emery solo hunting and solo backpacking is not the answer for the time being. Because I really, I really enjoy 
seeing the way my little girl looks at the outdoors and I want to be there all the time. Like I, I would much rather hike 10 minutes down a little footpath with her in the trees than hike a hundred miles by myself. Yeah. And right it's now. like, she's only this little for so long. And when they're that young and that little, their curiosities yeah. and their wonders are like, I mean, everything is so fascinating to it's them. Amazing. Yeah. It, so that's where I'm at right now. Like I'm, I continually check in with myself on where I'm at with my relationship to the outdoors and what that means. And maybe that's a little heavy for a lot of people. I don't know. I think it's, it's just where I'm at. I'm like, where do I find my enjoyment? Cool. My enjoyment comes from seeing my family in the outdoors and me being with them. Cool. I'm going to put my eggs in that basket for the time being. Yeah. And I mean, was backpacking a thing that you're, I think you already said your wife wasn't into backpacking before. Like, did you two ever go on a handful of backpacking trips before kids or has that just been something that you've done with kids? Um, she was never into backpacking. She would always, she would do some hiking and stuff. When I came, I came home for a couple of weeks during the PCT uh, to let some snow melt. And so we went backpacking together and then um, we haven't outside of that. I think we went backpacking with Lenny. So she, Oh, and then she went backpacking when she was like six months pregnant or something like that with me. So her and I have only really been backpacking together a handful of times <laughs> and she's been either pregnant or I've been on the PCT the other amount of times. So, uh, yeah, she's eager to get out and um, figure this out, you know, as a family, backpacking as a family. Yeah, totally. Like, I love that it's just like part of your guys' lifestyle. And I mean, you're going to be make it part of your lifestyle. And we're for sure aiming to do that too. And it's, yeah, it's going to be a learning curve for us. Absolutely. I think my mindset's definitely been at like, I've talked to so many people on this podcast and like, I'm a teacher. So I just like, I'm already in a child mindset. So I think for me, the adjustment will be a little easier. Um, but I know like for my husband, like he has, he's more of a hardcore hiker than me. So it'll be interesting just to see how it just goes for all of us and just have bringing a kid out on the trail, I think is going to be a whole, a whole learning curve. I don't even no, how well, and that? it's it, it, there's we just did it slowly but surely, and I do not want to give off. I would never want someone to get the impression that um, Emery has like the backpacking family of dream, the dreams are made of. Like there are far more you know epic families out there than than what we have. But I will, I am happy with the amount of effort that we put towards it. Um, we try, and we you know it sounds so stupid, but it literally starts with bundling up your little kid and walking them around the block. That's where it starts. Like it has to start somewhere. You can't expect them. I hear so many parents talking about my kid wouldn't back. My kid doesn't go in the woods. My kid doesn't walk more than hundred yards. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's a lot of kids, man. Like, but you got to get them, you got to get them used to that first. You have to get them, you know, uh, Lenny just went, we went for a little day hike together. And I think she, we ended up clocking in like she hiked her first quarter mile on a real trail and she's a little over two, you know, so it's baby steps. Um, sometimes she's in a carrier and sometimes she's not. And it's just like bits and pieces. Like we went to the, I take her to the dog park all the time. And I make sure that 
she's bundled up, but her, you know, she, sometimes it's cold and sometimes it's windy. And sometimes she comes back and her hands are freezing cold, but she loves it. She's got a smile on her face. And that's, I think, the, all you can really ask for, right? Like at this point is just to let them smile. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like exposing them to the elements, I think is a huge part of it. On, I think like the fourth day that we had Rory home, we, yeah, took him outside and just like, now we've made it a point to get him out yeah. every single day, no matter what weather it was. Like yesterday, it was like blizzarding and we just bundled him up and went out for a 15 minute walk. A 15 minute walk, that's nothing, but it's still getting him outside. That's a million times more than what a lot of people are willing to do. And I think they just sell themselves short. I think they're like, well, my kid's going to freak out. Well, your kid's going to freak out at home too. You know, um, have you ever heard of the Fight for Together family, the hike to AT? No. They just came out with a book. I've had them on the podcast as well. And his name's Ben. They had like, they hiked with like seven kids up the AT. They had a family of seven, I think six kids or eight kids, eight total, six kids. Anyhow, it was crazy. Um and Ben, I had Ben on the podcast, the dad, and I was like, you know, how the heck, dude, how do you do this? And he said, he goes, you know, about the whole kids not hiking down the trail and stuff. He's like, man, my family just got done hiking the AT and my kid still doesn't want to walk across the parking lot. So he's like, I'm in it with you, man. Like I'm in it. I'm right there with you. You know, things just take longer. Like he's like, you got to inch them along. You got to keep them going. You got to encourage them. And hearing, you know, that to me is an epic family. They're always out, they're doing marathons and they're doing hikes and just crazy stuff. And to hear him be like, yeah, man, it's a struggle. And he's got like six kids that are all active in the outdoors. It's so, it's so refreshing to hear that everyone struggles. <laughs> right, because you know, like you can look at like people on YouTube and Instagram and podcasts even, and like, a lot of those people look like they are rock stars and nothing, they never fail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try to put my failures out there for people, for people to know, because I think it's important. And I really do. Like, I'm more than happy to tell people about the times that I've gone home early because I wasn't feeling it or, you know, that it just didn't work out. Um, cause it's, it happens, but it makes the next time so much more special. And, um, I think that's kind of the point of the outdoors is to like learn and it doesn't need to be perfect all the time. 100%. Yeah. You learn from your experiences Yeah, and then make it better next and time make or it maybe better, not like, better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's your, that, that's, it's totally up to you to make, to, to make the outdoors what you want it to be. And that's, that's my hope for everyone, you know? Absolutely. So how do you sleep with your, um, with your little girl in the tent? I'm super curious about that. Um, cause we went on our first camping trip and we had like the pack and play, but I just want, I wanted to co-sleep with the baby, but I was like, I'm super scared, but the pack and play was just like too much. <laughs> yeah. So co-sleep. Yeah. There is that a lot of people are nervous about co-sleeping, Lenny was nine months old when we went. So she was past the point of um, danger, I would say. Like no one was going to roll over on her. Um, she was pretty, and you know, at that point you'd been sleeping with your kid, like napping with him and stuff like that. So it was a normal thing. So 
what we did is my wife had a sleeping pad. I had got a little sleeping pad for Lenny. And then I had a sleeping pad and we sandwiched her between us um, and just and bundled her. We always bundle her up in layers, right? So we weren't necessarily thinking sleeping bag, you know, because I don't know how you're going to get a kid. I think they make them, but um, we were kind of thinking we would, my wife had a sleeping quilt. So she kind of just pulled the sleeping quilt over Lenny when she got cold and she just slept between us. And then the dog slept at our, at our feet. So, um, and you know, you're going to wake up throughout the night and check on her anyhow, right? Like it's just going to happen as a parent. So my wife, I, I posted a video of that trip and there's a, a interview with my wife in it. And she's like, yeah, I was basically up all night long making sure everyone was comfortable. So yeah, we just had everyone on their own separate air mattresses. I think you could probably, you know, get a big air mattress for maybe plan on co-sleeping with one of the parents, you know, I'm guessing that could be a way to do it. Like, you know, they make extra wide sleeping pads. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I know there's even like those like little, some people bring those little like sunshade tents for babies as well and put them in that. Yeah. It can get real crazy real fast with the amount of gear that you can bring. I, I always go back to trying to be as streamlined as possible. Um, but yeah, I think it really pack and play. I mean, for camping and stuff, that's way easier, but for backpacking, you know, you just, the pack and play is the tent. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh yeah. We would never bring the pack and play backpacking. Yeah. Throw them in the tent. That's the pack and play. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, even car camping, that's, you know, sometimes I think car camping is more complicated than backpacking. Like it's more like it stresses me out because you can bring all the things. It's so true. Yeah. You can bring (laughs) all the things that is like you bring all the things just in case. Like I brought so many clothes for Rory when we went camping for one night, just in case. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's because I was in that mindset of a car. If I'm backpacking, like you're, you're minimal to what you can bring. Yeah. (laughs) Funny how that works, right? I just bumped into a buddy of mine and we were talking about, he's like, you know, I looked at your YouTube channel. You're out there backpacking with babies. He's like, I took my kid on a car camping trip and I had the whole back of the truck loaded up and you just have a freaking backpack. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, baby steps, I guess. I don't know, man. Like, I probably would have been the same thing with car camping though. I mean, if you got the room, you'll fill it. So yeah. But at the end of the day, let's be honest, like you got to do what you're comfortable with. If, if bringing extra stuff makes you comfortable at that time and place, because you got a little life to take care of and you got the space, bring it, you know? And then the next time you'll figure out like, Oh, I probably don't need, um, whatever it is you're bringing, you know, like a pile of logs to, to burn or something. I don't know. Like you just learn and revise. I think, um, <laughs> learn to go from there or you just start backpacking and just don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Learn and revise. Cause yeah, I had <laughs> way too much stuff in the car for camping, but yeah, that's like the beauty of backpacking. It teaches minimalism and simplicity. Yeah. I mean, what do you love most about backpacking? Yeah. um, That's a really good question. That could probably go in a lot of different directions. I think I'm trying to still figure it out. I think it changes. Um, When it comes to backpack hunting, 
the thing that I love about backpack hunting is that it's so wild and it's, you're interacting, you know, you're seeing places that no one else sees you're off trail. You're seeing signs of elk and deer. And there's like the adrenaline rush when you're, you, when you're near them and it's just so epic. Um, the thing that I love about loved about taking our family backpacking was I just sat there and watched, like you're just staring at fire um, and you're just watching it unfold. And you're like, holy cow, I can't believe we did this thing. I can't believe I'm in this place that it's quiet, it's peaceful. And then you bump into people and you have a conversation because you have a baby and it's a different kind of conversation. And then they tell you about when they take their kid, they took their kids backpacking and hiking and camping and they're reliving their memories when they are looking at you, you know? And so there's like this microculture inside that. And then the through hiking stuff. Um, I liked what it did for me as a person. I, I think it enhanced me as a human being and forced me to get back in touch with who I was, to see things differently and to learn to love the pain of backpacking that can sometimes come if you push yourself um, and I loved seeing what my body could do when I didn't want it to do it. <laughs> right. Learn to love the suck, the suck in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I was always amazed at how I'd go to bed completely exhausted and be like, there's no way I can do another 20 mile day. And then you wake up and do it and you're like, what? Wow. We don't give ourselves enough credit, you know, of what we're capable of. So yeah, maybe that's a mix of all those things. I don't know what, the, I don't know how to sum that up, but I think, yeah, it's like um, finding out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really epic answer that you just gave for all of those <laughs> things. <laughs> it, it probably changes every single year and every single time, but I think it's, it's a good question to, I mean, heck, you should probably always ask yourself what you love about what you're doing, you know? Um, and I, I actually, I just want people to, I think I want people to experience what they want to experience and what they're looking for. I mean, I love asking people why they want to get into backpacking. What about it? What's so attractive about it? You know, what, I guess, what, how, what about you? What got you into backpacking? I went on my very first backpacking trip, like five years, uh, no, like yeah, 2015 or 14. Um, I was like really into traveling and hiking and like the outdoors um, and I wasn't wanting to try backpacking on my own. I knew I didn't want to do that. So I did an REI trip. And mm. That was like my very first backpacking trip. It was just appealing to me because it was something in the outdoors. It was an adventure. It was camping. I grew up camping. So I knew I liked camping. So I wanted to try mm -hmm. like an outdoor adventure and I liked yeah. being outdoors. So that's kind of what got me, got me into it. It's kind of hard to put your finger on, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you think about it, cause like when you've like been doing it for like a number of years, you're like yeah. reflecting back on how it happened. But it's like, it's in you. It's like this thing. It's like when the, when I got interested in the PCT, it was like, I can't tell you why, but I have to do it. Like it's calling. It's, it's like pulling me. And there's like, a, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I think it's romantic for a lot of people. Like the idea of going out into nature and finding things and like being in the weather and all that stuff. It's very romantic. Um, and it's adventurous. I think I, I, I asked a guest that one time and she's like, it's where we came from. 
it's home. We're just so far removed from it. Oh my gosh. Right. Like that's the most, I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) It's so simple. Like that is so simple yet. So insightful. Dude. I, Oh my gosh. She has this, the lady Alliance. She started the lady Alliance. Such a sweet girl. Um, such a great guest. And when she told me that I was like, Whoa, you're probably right. Like we're just so far removed and we, we can't put our fingers on it, but that's where we've spent all of human history is like out. Yeah. It's only in the last, what, the modern era where you're living away from, you know, even a hundred years ago, you were living with your family, like big family, you know, and only recently we're like, I'm gonna live my own. (laughs) Exactly. And then like what, after those backpacking trips, like I come home and like having those, all the comforts of home are so amazing, but yeah, like people forever ago didn't have all of those Mm -hmm. comforts. That is where we came from. And you know, what's fascinating about that is that I remember when I learned about through hiking, these people, these crazy people that hike for six months at a time, I remember I would go to bed at night and I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're still backpacking. They're still back. Like, and every night I'd be like, they're still backpacking. They're still out there. And you know, the end of the summer would come. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're still backpacking. My point being that I'm like, I'm such a wuss. Like, why am I not out? They're out and they're hiking and And I was like, I wonder if I'd ever get bored. Like, that's got to be miserable. Camping in the woods every single night, moving every single day. It's not miserable. Believe it or not, it's very easily adaptable. Like, it just becomes muscle memory. And you adapt and it becomes your new normal, just like it was when you went to college or you went to school or you went to the military. You bought a first house. Like, you humans are so easily adaptable that I never once, when I was on the PCT, I never thought, one time to myself, another night in a tent. It just like became the norm for you. Yeah, it was just life. I was like, cool, this is me. And then, you know, when my, my, my now wife would meet up with me, I mean, she felt like an outsider because um, she was coming from, you know, normal civilization, life. civilization, you know, and it was just so strange. And I totally, rem- yeah, when I, went up to see my husband when he was doing his through hike for like the 25 days. I remember like bringing him some resupplies and he just seemed so out of it. He was zombie-like. I felt like he was from a different planet. But he probably felt really amazing, did he not? Was he feeling like, did he feel like a good spirit in him? No, that day he was feeling like crap. (laughs) (laughs) That was like one of his really worst days. The fact that like I went up there and he... Like, like that re-energized him, but the first initial seeing of him, he felt like crap and he like wanted to give up. And I was like, no, keep going. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Cause he probably needed it. Um, cause yeah, it's so funny. There's the contrast, right? Like it's not a pretty experience, like putting that, putting your body through that it's, it's hard mentally and physically, but for some reason you just do it. And it's just the strangest experience. And anyone that is ever interested in hiking a big, long trail like that, you got to like, whatever you got to do, do it to make it happen because it is the weirdest experience. It's very spiritual. And like you said, you, you adapt to it. And that's like, just making me think about how I've adapted to parenthood and life with a baby in the past month. I mean, that's a huge adaptation. Like Mm -hmm. your body needs to adapt to running on very minimal sleep. Yeah. 
Like I'm someone who sleeps like, like before the baby, I was like eight, nine hours a night all the time. Now, like I feel amazing uh, five hours a night and my body has just adapted. Isn't that crazy? People yeah. are, and when, when people tell me they're like, there's, there's no way that I could do that. I'm like, that's, that's bull. Like I, I didn't think I could hike 25 miles a day. You just find yourself doing it. Like, and it wasn't, it's not a tomorrow thing. It's you gradually, like in the latter part of your pregnancy, you probably weren't sleeping that well anyhow. Exactly. Yeah. Like your body trains you for the baby. Yeah. So it's these slow things. And I think one of the things about um, my, my, my sister, I posted some pictures. I went backpack hunting last weekend and it was in the snow and it was really cold, below freezing. And and she's like, she's like, I can't believe you do that. Like, that's crazy. And I was like, I honestly can't believe I did it any either, but it's just normal now. Like, I don't want to, do, I don't want to sleep in the freezing cold. There's a lot of problems that come along with it, but you know, you just push the, you just push that little meter up a little bit every single time, you know, you stretch yourself a little bit here and there before you know it, you're doing some crazy stuff like marathons and stuff. Like eventually you'll get there, but it's not an overnight deal, you know? So I just, I don't like it when people discredit themselves from, they put the barriers between themselves, you know? Right. It's that mindset. Yeah. I just want to help them break that down. Like, dude, you can, like, you don't think you can backpack. I'll show you, you can, you know, before you know it, you're doing 10 miles. Yeah. So do you ever have people come back to you after they've like done your backpacking course and stuff and be like, oh my gosh, like now I'm going to go through hike. Um, well, the co- the course is very new. I just launched it this last fall. So I've only had a few people go through it. You know, it's kind of, it was in like kind of a beta, not a beta, but it was like, you know, the early adopters version of it. Um, but I had, you know, if I had a couple of people go through it that came back and were like, well, this is really beneficial. But before that I've, I've helped people along and fixed their, whatever struggles they're having um, in backpacking. And it's just like little techniques here and there, like footwear choice, like instead of wearing a boot, maybe wear a running shoe, like a trail runner type of thing. And to see them come back and be like, holy cow, I didn't know that I could be that comfortable on the trail. Or I didn't know that my backpack could adjust and now I feel comfortable again. Or I didn't think that this would actually improve my situation, but it, but it has. And to me, that's just like, that just keeps me going. Like, every podcast, every video, every interaction that I have with someone, I'm like, if I can just help you improve like one thing and I'm not, I don't have all the answers, but I have some and if I'm willing to share them, you know? So yeah, I've seen people do some really like go on to, to do some really awesome things. There's this guy uh, who hit me up a a few years ago. He's a great example. He hit me up. I was on a hunting podcast talking about through hiking weird. Um, And he was from Oregon and was like, I'm going to hit him up. And he got interested in this through hiking thing. And, and so for the last couple of years, I've been kind of helping him transition from a hunting mindset to a through hiking mindset. And this last year he hiked the JMT. So 200, he ended up doing 230 miles and I've watched him grow into, into this epic solo backpacker who's all over Oregon and Washington chasing down trail miles and he absolutely loves it. And he never thought that he would. And, and uh, he, never, he never saw himself as that. And so 
yeah, it's super rewarding just to be able to be like tips and tricks here and there. And the best tips and trick is tricks is just encouragement. Right, right. That's got to be so rewarding. I mean, because like you've been through it all, you've been through the struggles, and now passing that on to other people is awesome. That's what gets me excited. Anytime I talk to someone, I'm like, I'll spend it however long you want on the phone hashing this stuff out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like, when did you, cause like, I noticed like your Instagram at one point you had like your Emory by land Instagram also attached to your podcast. And then you like decided to make the podcast its own thing. Like at what point did that become more serious for you? Uh, I don't know. I, I think for me, it's always, a. am always trying to figure out the way, the best way to, op- to optimize stuff. Um, I'm trying, I'm sorting it all out. I, you know, the podcast is something that I enjoy right now. I thought that I was, I, since I'm a hundred plus episodes in, I should probably start something, you know, start a specific account for it. But, you know, back to streamlining, I, sometimes I wonder if I'm spreading myself too thin by, by doing things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you do a hundred episodes and it's probably a pretty serious thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, and you know, I asked that because like, we, we have like our Instagram account, like we started a blog and like, we started that five years ago, just like as our own hobby, basically like sharing stories of hiking. And then we're like, oh my gosh, let's turn this into a podcast. And now here we are like 60 episodes in. Yeah. So like watching your journey, like, like paging through your Instagram on that, I was like, oh my gosh, we're like so similar in this sense. Dude, it's so interesting. Um, that's a whole other topic in general, the whole taking your, you know, taking a hiking thing and making it a podcast. And, you know, like you said, you started out as a hobby. It sounds like it's been a natural progression. Yeah. And I think that's the best thing that you could ask for, you know, whatever feels good. You know, my wife, um, at one point I just, I got really obsessed with downloads and things like that. And like, I was focused on the wrong stuff and she was like, you need to take it easy. Like you need to freaking take a step back and not take, if you're not having fun, then don't do it. And I was like, okay, all right, noted. That kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, but you know, cause I was like, I want to take this serious, but she was absolutely right. And I, I just want to have fun. Cause that's, what's going to make it the most enjoyable. Like therefore a hundred episodes, I did an episode every week for a hundred episodes. That was a lot of work. Like, you know, yeah. We're pumping an episode out a week right now. And like, it's hard. Yeah. There's time, you know, the interviews and all that stuff, you know, it's just, it's a lot of work and I wanted to make sure that I was still enjoying it. And so I have other interests. Like I wanted to kick off a YouTube channel cause I, I, I don't know, that sounds like fun. So yeah, I dialed it back to like a couple episodes um, a month and I just kind of go with the flow, I guess. I don't know. It's really it's interesting. The whole entrepreneurship part of it is interesting. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure you can appreciate where I'm like the, the confusion and the, the wondering what you should do next and how, and, and by, but still wanting to maintain your enjoyment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. Like it's cause I, yeah, I love doing this podcast. Like I love connecting with the people and then like, yeah, like the blogging part of it and like all of that, like, I love it. And I'm, it energizes me. So as long as it's like energizing me yes, and like making me happy, then like, why not keep doing it? Yeah. 
Exactly. Why not keep doing it? And what's funny is that every time that I'm like, I am not in the mood to do this right now, the person on the other end that I'm interviewing is exactly what I need. <laughs> so I'm giving you that motivation now? Dude, <laughs> so crazy. Like, it's exactly what right. you need. Like, it right. just happens that way. And I remember I got off a call with this guy um, who I was super jazzed to talk to. And he texted me later and he was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been feeling like trash lately, just not motivated. And he's like, our chat was what I needed. And I was like, oh, it's a two-way street. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, Yeah. So it's really good to connect with people that are doing similar things. And even just similar, like, even if they're not an outdoor entrepreneur, maybe they're just off doing their own little backpacking and hunting stuff. Just talking to them feels like you're talking to someone familiar. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah, I it's just a journey. That the whole was, thing's it a journey. Is. It is a journey. Yeah. Just watching your podcast turn into like this bigger thing, like from your own personal journey. Yeah. I was just like so mesmerized by that because I was like, dang, <laughs> this is our journey too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I'd be curious to see, you know, in a year where, where it leads you, you know? Right. Right. I know. I'm, yeah, curious to see where it's going to lead us a month from now, two months from now. It's like, you know, it's just, that's like what keeps you motivated too, just to see where it could go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, what else keeps you, is there anything else that keeps you motivated to keep doing it? Like the YouTube channel, the podcast, other than like the people, is there anything else that really pushes you? Um, I think it's good for me. I think it's, you know, it's, believe it or not, I have a day job. Um, And so it's uh, having a day job has allowed me to take the pressure off of making things work, you know, Uh, you know, interviewing people I don't want to interview or covering topic, you know, it'll, it's allowed me to do what I want to do rather than some pressure, some outside pressure. Um, I need the creative outlet of taking a picture, shooting a video, doing a podcast. I just need it. Like, it's good for me. I I grew up as a musician, songwriter. Like, it's always, creating has always been a part of what's in me. And so if I remove that from what I do, my job, I don't find to be very creative. It's very methodical. So I need the creativeness. So aside from the people and, and being able to help someone, you know, find what they're looking for in the outdoors and being a part of their journey, um, I think I just need it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's, it's your, outlet. I love writing. Yeah. I love writing. I love the whole thing. So, um, yeah, it, just, it, it brings me, I don't know. It brings me joy. Yeah, exactly. And that goes back to like, if you love doing it, if it brings you joy, why stop? Exactly. Awesome. Wow. We've like, we've talked about everything. Um, oh, what are some of your favorites? spots to go hiking where you live man if no one's ever if if anyone's in the washington oregon idaho well idaho is pretty epic they can probably stay in idaho and see the same thing but washington oregon the goat rocks wilderness um is absolutely stunning um it's an extinct volcano it's high alpine there's mountain goats it's absolutely just beautiful uh the north cascades is a place that i want to go back to really badly but my home my home turf is Mount St. Helens. Um, I don't know what it is about that mountain. It's got a really interesting 
geological history and even modern history, you know, kind of blew up. It doesn't have a top, so it just looks weird. I feel like it's this rug rat of a mountain that no one respects because it's pinned between Mount Adams, Hood, and Rainier. But I don't know. There's just something about it. The trail that goes around it is rugged. It, you look, you feel like you're walking on the moon at times. And I just have a lot of memories up there. I do a lot of day hikes up there, hunt up there. And Mount St. Helens is just something. So that's kind of like my, that's my favorite area right now. Awesome. Oh, and do you hope to bring your girls hunting when they're older? That's a really good question. I don't know. Um, boy, hunting is, I think I would like to share that experience with them. Yeah. If that's what they wanted. If they saw dad doing it and it was something that they wanted to experience, I'd be down. There's just something really crazy special about hunting. It's a topic that I struggle with because it's because of, of the nature of it. You know, you're taking an animal's life. It's very heavy and it's to be respected. But you learn a whole lot about life and you learn a whole lot about yourself. And there's so much more to it than that. And um, so, yeah, if they're into it to, to experience a hunt, know to, to learn what goes into it, then yeah, I think I'd love to experience that with them. Cool. Does your wife do any hunting with you? She doesn't. She went with me one time, but she, yeah, and then we had kids and we haven't been able to do it. And see, that's, that's one of my struggles with hunting right now is that, you know, I told her the other day, it's hard to find a good hunting partner. And she had joked about, well, I'd go with you. And I was like, okay. And she, she thought I was joking, but I was like, you're the hunting partner that I want. Like, you're who I'd want to experience this stuff with. And she thought I was kidding around, but I'm not. Like, it's like backpacking. It's like experiencing backpacking or a sunset or a sunrise or a big, crazy moon together. Hunting is the same thing. I don't need to, to do anything crazy in hunting. I just want to spend time with people that I care about. So when I go hunting and I'm away from my family, I think about being with my family and the idea of having my family be with me when I'm hunting, that's like a home run right there. Yeah. Two things you love. <laughs> yeah. So that's my goal. I mean, I'd love to have her come with, I'd love to have my girls come with if it's something they want to do. Yeah. It's all that balance and figuring, figuring things out. <laughs> yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. Well, awesome. Where can people find you and learn more about you? Uh, byland.co is the one-stop shop for all things. The backpacking course is on there. The YouTube links to YouTube and then the podcast is on there and then writing and stuff like that. So byland.co is the, is the best way to, to find me. And then, you know, you can find me on Instagram as well. So perfect. Sounds good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. It's been fun. We've loved doing this podcasting journey. We love bringing awesome guests on. We love seeing that people are listening. And we're really, really grateful that this is hopefully inspiring other people to get outdoors. Yeah, and as part of our mission at Hiking Through Life, we really want to help support others in continuing their journey or starting their journey into the outdoors. So as part of that, we have plans for future episodes to address some 
listener feedback. So if you have questions about backpacking, hiking, adventuring outdoors, let us know. Email hikingthroughlife at gmail.com and submit us your question or topic and we'll possibly address it in a future episode. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.